Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Ken Swartz. First, I have just a couple of announcements. Check out our website, ForbiddenKnowledge.News. It's the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You're going to find some of your favorite podcasts from our community there. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Rockfin is where you get the premium content. Go check that out. You also get all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. You just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus to sign up or click the link in the description. Today, I want to welcome back to the show Ken Swartz. He is founder and chief science officer of C60 Purple Power. He has run several research science laboratories over the course of his career and discovered C60 while developing the Moxie Fusion Reactor. During his research, he became aware of the powerful free radical neutralizing properties of C60, and in 2016, he founded C60 Purple Power. Ken, welcome back. How you doing? Glad to be on, Chris. Yeah, it's great to talk with you again. It's been way too long, and our world is once again a much different place since we last spoke. Uh, If there was ever a time that people needed solutions for their lives, it's now. And uh, that's what we're here to provide folks today is solutions, starting with our health. Uh, Without our health, we're basically dead. (laughs) The only thing that... uh, our modern healthcare and pharmaceutical industries do is really create lifelong customers and make sure that the lifespan of those customers isn't too long and keep us in a perpetual state of sickness. Uh, But the thing is, if you take care of your body the right way, you don't even have to worry about the murder. I mean, medical industry. You don't have to worry about going to see the doctor all the time. You'll just be healthy. Uh, Luckily, I think people are starting to wake up and and smell the truth a little bit about what's been going on with our uh, medical and pharmaceutical industries, especially with everything that's happened over the past couple of years. So that gives me a little hope. Have you noticed more people kind of coming around and seeing through some of these facades that I was just talking about? Oh, yeah, I think people are seeing through. uh, Well, it's kind of hard to hide it now. All the uh, side effects from the have uh, really started to pile up and you can't really uh, deny what you're seeing. Sure, the mainstream media, you know, is uh, is uh, denying all that. But, you know, what they say about the mainstream in most cities is the sewer. So, yeah, yeah. And we got this new thing called, uh, I think, is it sudden death syndrome or something? Yes, I don't know. Sudden I, death syndrome. I, I, whenever I was growing up, I don't remember anything like this. I don't remember my classmates whenever I was in elementary school were having to worry about cardiac issues. And all of a sudden, we're living in this is the world we're living in. So you're absolutely right. Um, but, you know, like I said, you start at the, the core, at the root, at yourself, at your own health, and take care of yourself. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, now, I want to talk about. Of course, let's start with C60. Uh, C60 has been extremely beneficial for myself. I've been taking it for, I think, almost two and a half, three years now. I don't think oh. I got a cold since I've been taking it. I'm not going to say that's C60, but I haven't been sick. I you know, I feel amazing. Uh, the only thing I might have had is I've had gallbladder issues since my surgery. But other than that, you know, no, uh, nothing you would call a cold or flu or anything or COVID or anything like that. Um, now, as far as C60 goes, what, what do you think are some of the most common things people are reporting after using it for just a few weeks? Well, first thing people notice is energy. That's uh, energy and uh, sort of your brain fog goes away. You have mental clarity. 
that's a, that's a whole part of it. And, and motivation, of course, that's part of the thing that's a, one of the things that inflammation causes is actually a suppression of dopamine. And, you know, we know about acute inflammation. That's why, you know, when you sprain your ankle, it swells up. Well, there's another thing that your body does, and that actually suppresses dopamine, which is like the motivation molecule, because it doesn't want you walking around on your, you know, your injured ankle or arm or whatever. But uh, the problem is, is a lot of people have chronic inflammation. And that also uh, starts that whole dopamine suppression. So they just get to lay around. They just don't feel like they want to do anything. And it's dopamine suppression. So when you take C60, C60 is, you know, an antioxidant and uh, it takes care of the oxidative radicals before they can cause inflammation. So inflammation goes down. And once inflammation goes down, then that whole cascade of events stops happening and your dopamine levels rise. And that's kind of the motivation molecule. So people say, you know, I get, I, I want to get up. I start doing like hobbies I used to do or go do that exercise routine or, or start cleaning the house. That's another common one. They just get into a house cleaning frenzy, I guess. Yeah, and to speak to the the motivation aspect, that was a huge factor for me because it motivated me not only to just keep doing things with the show, and I was also working a full-time job whenever I first started taking C60, but to uh, do other things to to take care of my body and my health and I started meditating and it was something that I was procrastinating on forever and then the meditation actually led to a profound experience that actually led to me being able to do this full time and quit my job so motivation was a huge factor for me uh that and just you know being able to uh to to function the inflammation that was a major part of it too I just felt like just crappy all the time you know yeah, well, but yeah, because it just, well, C60, you know, C60, what C60 does, it lifts this oxidative burden your cells are under. So now your cells can operate better. And that's whether it's your brain cells, your muscle cells, your, um, your uh, immune cells. And uh, the things that really helps first are the ones, any cells that have a lot of mitochondria. Because C60 is characterized as an SOD or superoxide dismutase slash catalase mimic. And it takes care of superoxide and the hydroxyl ion, and uh, which the body doesn't use, by the way, for signaling molecules. And that's really the only oxidative radicals that fights the two worst ones in the body. And so when those are when those are like neutralized, that means you know now your cells are under they're kind of the stress has been lifted off them, and they can function the way they used to be. So it doesn't matter what it is. It's uh, you know, so you get to your know, mental clarity or your immune system works better or your muscles. A lot of athletes use C60 and they find, you know, they can run farther or lift more or uh, do whatever their athletic endeavor is uh, better and faster than their competitors. Right. Now, one thing that I, I, I noticed that was incredible was uh, there was a couple of times in the past couple of years that I had problems with one of my teeth. I've since had it removed. But uh, there was a couple of times where it would get infected and the pain would be extremely bad. And I forget who it was. Someone suggested to swish with the C60 coconut oil. And I did that for a regimen of uh, two or three days. And it got rid of the infection. And it helped tremendously with the the pain and everything like that. And it, it seemed to have kind of like cleaned out some of that area that was in there. Is this something that uh, people should expect too? Yeah, C60 obviously improves gum health, but there's a special thing because we also have C60 and MCT coconut oil. And that MCT stands for medium chain triglycerides. And they really go after anything that uh, has cell walls like bacteria or fungi. 
So, I mean, this is just MCT oil. And, uh, and usually, you know, if you got a bacterial fungal infection, if you rub MCT oil on it, uh, you know, it, it kills off those bacteria and fungi. Just that's the nature of MCT oil. Anything, uh, we have cell membranes, so we don't have cell walls. So it doesn't affect us at all. And so it kind of gives us, gives you that edge and, and people notice that, but even without that, even the regular C60, let's say an avocado or olive oil, mm. I mean, if you get a mosquito bite and you rub the C60 on it, about 20 minutes later, the itching stops. Yeah. Also, I got burned really bad on uh, on the stove and the coconut oil was amazing for that. Um, I personally use the coconut oil. I always have. I just, I enjoy the taste of it. I've also used the avocado oil. Uh, I enjoy that one. Is there any difference fundamentally between these different kinds that you have? Well, the thing there's, uh, there's a little bit, the uh, avocado and olive hold a little bit more C60 than the coconut oil, just because their, their carbon chains are longer because MCT stands for medium chain triglycerides. But then MCT oil has its own benefits. I mean, it's like you know, the MCT can be turned, medium chain triglycerides can be turned into ketones by your liver really quickly. And then your body, your cells can use that as flex fuel. So they can just pull those ketones in and use them to run the mitochondria. So like people with glucose processing issues, if you take MCT oil, that's, you know, that's even better than the glucose stuff. So it goes right in and uh, takes the place. So it's like flex fuel for your body. So it's really great. And also because that extra energy boost, athletes love the MCT oil because it, uh, it just, it gives you that extra little boost. Competitive athletes, especially a lot of times they'll mix actually MCT. So hopefully MCT with C60 in it in their water. And so every time they take, you know, hit a water along the, the racetrack or whatever, they're getting like a double boost, a boost of energy, a boost of water and a little extra C60 to suppress the, uh, the lactic acid buildup. You'll notice that when you take it, uh, C60, the lactic acid buildup is greatly delayed. So that's, that's just going to give you an edge over your competitors. Right on. Now, what are some of the other, uh, most profound benefits that people could could see uh i know that uh, it's it's helped you with uh vision issues yeah um, what are some other things yeah because my my drews or dry macular degeneration went away and actually the retina is part of the brain and it's i mean any nerve cell is just full of mitochondria so c60 gets in there restarts your mitochondria bam the cells can heal themselves because c60 lifts the oxidative burden so the cells can do it so that's great but other things is another set of cells groups of cells in our body that have a lot of mitochondria and that's the hormone producing cells. So when you take C60, C60 starts it up. And one of the things mitochondria make is pregnenolone, which is the precursor molecule for all the hormones. So when you take C60, you know, your now your mitochondria function goes up and pregnenolone goes up. So, you know, you get better sleep because you get more, your, your pineal gland works better. Also your uh, hypothalamus, uh, Pituitary gland works better, so more human growth hormone and like a dozens of other master hormones. And, you know, T3 and T4 go up and uh, also the adrenals. And that is one of the side effects of C60 is uh, people notice a significant increase in libido because once your uh, androgens go up, they, and it works for men and women, so your androgen levels go up and they can be converted to estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, whoever you are, you know, and, uh, and bam, and that has a, that has a, a pretty good uh, benefit downstream. Right. And you actually have something that can go along with that increased libido. libido. Oh, you offer yep, yep. C60 sexy, right? Yes. Just a second here. I should have brought one in. No, but it's so. no worries. I was, hmm. uh, I need to pick myself up some. I was looking at it on the website the other day. Yes, we have, uh, it's one of our new products. It's uh, what's called, in, uh, I guess, an edible massage oil. Oh, so... Yeah. 
Oh, it'll, uh, yeah, I'll put it in front because it's uh, the green screen hides it. But that's uh, C60 Sexy. So it's an ed edible massage oil. And uh, it's just got uh, multiple performance enhancing abilities. Wow, man. I'm sure it, it has the regular benefits of C60 as well. Yes, yes exactly. That's excellent. C60 Sexy. Gosh, you got to. You guys got to check that out. All right, so we talked about the the coconut oil. Um, what are the other different uh, types? You have avocado, coconut, and there's another, right? Yeah, well, yeah, we have three basic oils. You know, one of the things about oils, there's oils that really last a long time, but they're not healthy for you because they have really high levels of omega six, and that's inflammatory. And you actually shouldn't be eating these oils at all. That's like canola oil, soybean oil, or cottonseed oil. Even safflower and sunflower oil, they're really high in omega-6s, and, uh, and that causes inflation. I mean, uh, inflammation. <laughs> we'll talk about inflation later. Uh, and then uh, the other one is, uh, then there's really healthy oils like hemp seed oil, fish oils, and flaxseed oil that are really great in omega-3s. Problem is, omega-3s go rancid really quickly. So if we were to put C60 in those type of oils, chances are by the time you got the bottle, it would be rancid. So we kind of picked the Goldilocks of oils, oils that are really healthy for you because they got a nice balance of omega-3 and 6s. So they, they're healthy and have a good shelf life, about two years. And uh, one of those, of course, is olive oil. Everybody knows we have 100% uh, organic olive oil. And we all know about the Mediterranean diet. People have been using that for thousands of years. We're familiar with that. And then also for me, I have a little bit of a sensitive digestive system. So if, you know, I was taking like an ounce of C60 and olive oil, I might have to go visit the bathroom. So we got, uh, we get it in uh, avocado oil and which is, uh, and, and avocado oil is, it's just as healthy as olive oil, but it's, uh, it's much easier to digest. The fats have a better fat profile. So that's, that's what I use. And of course, we also have the uh, C60 and MCT oil. And uh, that's, of course, we've talked about that. And that's that's because it turns into triglycerides. And uh, also, you know, one of the things we talked about our company being named C60 Purple Power, because <clears throat> when you dissolve C60 in clear coconut oil, because MCT coconut oil is just clear as water, it turns kind of a, a purple a purple color, magenta purple color. So that's why we it ended up being called C60. So that's one of the things you can tell if you've got like C60 and, and MCT oil, you know, it's if it's purple, then you know it's real. You can just look at the purple color. That tells you that's real stuff. Or an avocado or olive oil. It sort of turns the tan into like a dark amber. And that just tells you the purity. And it should be clear too. You shouldn't see, it should be, you know, a clear amber or a clear purple. Uh, and you shouldn't, it shouldn't be any cloudiness. Right. And I'm sure there, you, you, there's a lot of uh, competitors out there and a lot of new up and coming companies that maybe don't have uh quite as pure C60 as you are, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. When, when C60, you know, when C60 was small, there's just a handful of us and everybody made pretty much a good product for their customers, right? But once it became popular, just like CBD, we got all these fly-by-nighters that are going to make a quick buck. And so uh, things what you want to look for, like in purity, you want to look for 99.99% purity because that's the best on the market. And it also relates to the way C60 is purified. And there's two ways. The way we do it is sublimation. And if people remember, sublimation is like the uh, is is like evaporation. If you remember from chemistry class, it's when a solid turns into a gas, then back into a solid. And so all of our C60 is sublimated. And that when you do that, you know you get like 99.99 or 99.98 percent C60 right off the bat because of it's like distillation. It's a very great uh, purification method. Other problem is a lot of C60 is actually purified by a solvent method. 
and they use methyl benzene, which is kind of a powerful industrial cancer-causing chemical. You know, methyl benzene's on that list. And, uh, and you know, they, they suppose they say they bake it out, but uh, you know, there's always like a little bit of methyl benzene left, which is kind of what you're trying to avoid in the first place by taking C60. But you know, if you like, so if you see like, let's say 99.9% pure C60, or 99.5% C60, the other 0.5% or 0.1%, that's toluene or methylbenzene, which you really don't want in your product. So always look for sublimated and 99.99% uh, .99 because that's kind of what goes along with sublimation. Avoid that 99.9% .9 or the 99.5% because that's, that's probably not what you want to get. Another one of my favorite things about C60 is I can give it to my fur babies in my family. Uh, I give it to my cats, my dogs. I'm sure you could give it to pretty much any kind of pet, right? Yeah, it's, it's really good. Uh, yeah, they, dogs, you know, it, it tends, you can put it like in their dry dog food or even the wet dog food and mix it in. And they don't even know. So some pets like cats, they just love to like lick it off the spoon. Mm. You see it doing it. Yeah, my cat does. Yeah. yeah give, me, give me some now. I think the animals figure it out. You know, and uh, and no, this is something good for them, and they want more of it. Right? Yeah. There's a couple of great testimonials from people that I know that have had pets that were even close to being on their last legs and started using C60 and kind of turned around their health, and they're still around today. So that's a it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, works for people too. So uh, yeah. Well, it uh, is there anything else that people should know about C60 before we move on from this. Oh yeah, there is one counterindication and that's if you're, you're on blood thinners. Mm. And, uh, and that's because C60 restarts mineral corticoid production in your adrenal glands, which is the reason that you're probably, that your blood's too thick, right? You're not, your mineral corticoids are not being produced enough. So you have to take something like warfarin or something to, to do that. So C60 restarts mineral corticoid production. So then the problem of your blood being too thin can go away. And uh, so if you're going to be in a blood thinner, talk to your doctor and just get more testing. And that usually takes it in the same. And to a certain extent, that's true with the uh, if you're taking a hormone replacement, because we like we had this is common. We had a guy that's 70 years old. He goes into his doctor, his testosterone levels 350, which is pretty low. So the guy doctor gives him creams and, you know, he's up into the mid 700s. Right. Which is pretty good. Okay. Well, he starts taking C60. He goes into his, his doctor and uh, his testosterone level is now 1200. Oh, wow. So his doctor clicked him off the cream. So yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll bring back that resurrection for older people. <laughs> oh man. See guys, you know, and one of the, the biggest types of uh, pushback I have about C60 is the price. And I always tell everybody, would you rather pay this much for C60 and not have to worry about going to a doctor or just get sick all the time and pay thousands of thousands of dollars basically throwing, throwing it away so that the medical industry and pharmaceutical companies can kill you? Uh, I mean, this stuff is uh, it's, it's worth more than gold, right? Well, yeah, actually C60 does cost more my weight than gold. So, so it's, yeah, by weight, it's, it's much more expensive than gold. So yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons it costs so much. And of course we make it, we use all uh, pure, use all organic oils. And of course we use the sublimated C60, which is more expensive than the solvent based C60. So you got to always look for sublimated C60. And, uh, and also uh, we do, we have good manufacturing practices, practices, a facility where it's all bottled. And, uh, and we store it, we have like nice, you know, we have, and we have, uh, you know, we store it in a nice little bottle uh, box here. You want to keep C60 and kind of in the dark 
when you're not using it because they're, you know, and that's also why we have brown bottles. The same reason beer comes in brown bottles to keep out like blue light and ultraviolet light. And also another thing is on the side of our bottles, we got this QR code. And uh, you can actually go to the QR code and they'll take you to the certificate of analysis for the purity of our C60. And also like that we really do have, we get like we farm direct our olive oil. So we know it's olive oil, right? It's not cut with canola oil or something else. The same with the avocado oil and the MCT oil. So they come with certificates of analysis and you can see that. And then after we make it, we actually send it to other people who do third-party testing for microbiologics and for, and for concentration and purity on the C60. So you can get all that just by looking at our QR code. We actually did that. CBD companies do that too. And so I think we're one of the few or only uh, uh, C60 company that does that. So you can actually see, you know, where our source comes from, where our C60 comes from, and then our, after our product is produced by all third-party testing. So, you know, it's safe and effective. Excellent. And the easiest way for you guys to go check out their website right now is just by clicking the link right in the description. Uh, if you make any purchase from that link, you're going to get 10% off plus free shipping. Uh, it's c60purplepower.com. If for some reason the link doesn't work, use coupon code KNOWLEDGE10. It'll be the same thing. Uh, so go check that out, guys. And Ken, thank you for coming on and sharing this because, uh, like I said earlier, right now, people's health. Uh, is very important and they're realizing that the pharmaceutical medical industries don't have their best interest in mind so why not take care of it themselves uh, now I know you want to you have some updates about the moxie fusion reactor which you actually worked on before uh, oh, for, yeah. pe for people that aren't familiar uh, tell us a little bit first about what what the hell that is <laughs> well it's a metal oxygen fusion uh, do you got a, can you give me share screen I'll pop something up Hopefully we can uh, do this. <laughs> I'm a little, let's see, okay, there it is. Uh, let's see here. Yep, here we go. This is, uh, hopefully we can see that. Oh, no, you, you, can you see that? I can, yes. Okay, great, yeah, this is the abstract. This is one thing, this is actually how I got to C60. I actually got, I was metal oxygen fusion. It's often called low energy nuclear reactions, quote, quote cold fusion, but actually it wasn't. And uh, and here's like the, uh, this is, uh, Heck, I could. I guess I could read some of this. Uh, uh, this is the abstract, so people will know about it. Basically, what it is, it's it's we discovered what is really going on in cold fusion and uh, and uh, low energy nuclear reactions, and that's actually metal oxygen fusion. And uh, if, if we read, you could read. The, I guess the, this is up here, but uh, basically, you know, they were finding all this stuff, and but actually, it was metal oxygen fusion. And then the first thing I can, I'll just roll down here and show some of the stuff. We're going on Lenners, which is low energy nuclear, just rolling, okay. This is like when, what we actually, the secret of it is we make these electron smoke rings. And like, even in the core of stars, there's only one electron per proton or one electron for, you know, for, you know, four electrons for like a helium atom, right? So in the ratio of electron mass to a proton mass is one, one proton, for, one proton weighs 1,830 times an electron. But we make these little, in moxie fusion, we make these smoke rings of electrons and where actually the weight of like baryons or protons and neutrons is actually this almost the same as the electrons. And that's, that creates what's called ultra degenerate matter. And so it's more degenerate, more pressed together than anything you can even find in the core of the most powerful star. And, uh, and that allows fusion to happen. 
at much lower energies than normally. And here's a, like when, a, when one of those a soliton smoke ring electrons hits metal. And this is when you examine the site uh, where this hits, if, if it's metal oxide, if it's just a pure metal, you don't see it. But with a metal oxide, you get all of these new fusion uh, products. And it's really easy to do, by the way. Uh, and so I went over a whole bunch of them here. Yeah, actually, you can go to ResearchGate and look up Kenneth M. Swartz, and uh, you'll find this, or you can look up the uh, the title, which which was shown early. And yeah, and this is what happened. You know, they always had this cold fusion stuff, and people were talking about it. But this is actually what's happened in those cold fusion cells is they, uh, these guys took, you know, the radon detectors you put for your basement? They have this little P30, CR39 ship, right? And that's actually when it, when alpha particles hit it, which come off of radon, they actually leave pits in this little tiny plastic chip. And then you put it in, uh, in hot hydroxyl uh, solution. And those little pits you see here, those are actually alpha particles. So they actually put one of these little chips, uh, plastic, they're basically just a tiny plastic chip above a quote uh, cold fusion reactor. And this is what they got. Those are like hundreds. And that's, that's only like a tiny one millimeter across chip. It's like a very small, which you're looking at a small. So you get these hundreds of these alpha particles. What was actually happening in that is actually the oxygen is fusing with platinum, which in that case, it makes radioactive radon. We all know about radon. And, or if, it's, if they use palladium, it makes radioactive xenon. And these are alpha emitters. So imagine, and then it, they, because they're electrolytic cells, they would, they would vent into the laboratory where the scientists were working. And that's like when Fleshman and Pons, they discovered that University of Utah, they had that cold fusion. Well, you know, it was a big stink. They said it couldn't be real. And, you know, cause they didn't know what was going on. They thought deuterium, deuterium was fusing in the lattice was actually <laughs> oxygen fusing with platinum. And, you know, Pons went back to France cause he was a Frenchman, whereas uh, Fleshman kept doing his research. And so he was working in like a thousand times your worst radon basement. So he died of, uh, he died of cancer. And that's why one of the things that I was doing Moxie, you know, that's why I went to get C60 because pretty much all the scientists had died, you know, <laughs> late doctor this, the late doctor that, and we didn't know why. So I went out there, I found this stuff called C60, you know, they gave it to one set of rats, which got the C60, the other set, the control group didn't, they hit them with a fatal dose of radiation. All the C60 rats lived, whereas the one, the control rats that didn't get any C60, they all immediately died. So, you know, we didn't know it at the time this was happening. And the other thing that was also happening is when you do moxie fusion, the, uh, the, because we lower the Coulomb barrier, that's the barrier it takes to put two atoms together to fuse to a new substance, uh, you lower it. So actually the, it emits in the X-ray spectrum, not in the gamma ray spectrum. So these guys were uh, walking around with Geiger counters, which can only detect gamma rays while they were getting themselves, you know, cooked by, you know, X-ray production, you know, like a, the dental X-ray thing that's on all the time. So that's the other reason. And, uh, and you know, the papers there, this is what was happening. Yeah, palladium turns into xenon, where platinum here and oxygen turn into radon. But we didn't come up with this, by the way. We did not come up with this, uh, our original team. What we did is we were actually, 30 years ago, I read this thing about these two Japanese research, Osawa and Kushi. And they were doing here below, they were fusing sodium, that NA means sodium, with oxygen 16. And they were producing in their thing, they were producing uh, uh, a potassium. In fact, they were using pretty much the same thing you see in a sodium street lamp, except they filled it with an argon gas, they put a little sodium in there, and then they put a little oxygen in there and it would cook away and then they would produce uh, 
they would produce potassium. And potassium, you know, you know how the sodium has that kind of yellow-orange light? Well, as potassium builds up, it actually produces a purple light. And so they would do purple. But, you know, potassium hydroxides, uh, a, a little, a little or sodium hydroxide is a little much to deal with. So what we did is we, we actually made one to produce energy, like maximum amount of energy. So we took deuterium, which is a proton and a neutron that they talk about, and we fuse it with oxygen 16. It turns into fluoride 18, and then it uses electron capture because there's not enough energy back to oxygen oxygen 18 and produces a neutrino and, a, and an X-ray and a lot of heat, right? When we, our things, we're our little, we have these little, we're actually giving away free fusion reactors to like universities, big corporations and governments. And uh, we already have given some away and they're having really good results. Uh, so this is out of the bag, by the way, you can't suppress this. It's all over. It's on ResearchGate, dozens of people have read it. And so, uh, and so this is, this is, you know, like we had to, when we did our reactor, it's just a little tiny thing, right? We had to like, when we had everything together, but when we had the electric spark in there with just the argon, we hadn't add the deuterium oxide fuel, you know, it could run all day, but we put it in there, that thing would heat up so fast within seconds, the air would get too hot in it to actually run the reaction. So we had to like bury it in oxygen. So, I mean, an ice literally, so we could actually do our experiment. So it's like producing way more energy because they were running off a couple of little batteries, right? They aren't plugged into the wall saying, oh, you're getting the energy from the wall. No, little batteries. You can actually, they're rechargeable. You can see how much energy came out of the battery, how much ice we melted. And it was like 10 times. It was ridiculous <laughs> level. So it, it's a, this is out there. Anybody can do it. You can go to ResearchGate. Oh, you, but be careful. It produces a bunch of x-rays. So you will x-ray yourself. Wow. But, uh, but let me go. And so we have like a whole thing on the things we did. Here's where, you know, when we didn't run it, you got, this is a x-ray dental plate. Because one of the problems also it produces a lot of electro radio, uh, radio frequency stuff. So if you put a Geiger counter in there, that's going to mess it up. But if you use an X-ray plate, like your dentist used, we had a friend who was a dentist, and then that's when you know nothing's there. And then when we turn the reactor on, after a few just a very short time, it totally blackens the plate, which means that plate is totally exposed to X-ray. So you have to be careful. You can't be anywhere near it when it's running. And uh, but this is the money shot that. Uh, that really comes up there, which is going to totally change the world. And let me go run through this thing. This thing's like 35 pages long. Okay, here it is. This is uh, this is one. These were done by a couple of guys back in 2004. Carrillo and Iorio. Sorry, guys. I probably butchered your names there. Carrillo or Iorio. And these guys actually were taking tungsten oxide. They had a tungsten electrode, but it was covered in oxygen. And they were basically, they didn't use the high pressure, they didn't use a, a argon atmosphere. So it's a, a little crude, it isn't very effective. When you use an argon atmosphere, you increase, you increase production like a thousandfold. But here, if you look at it, they took tungsten oxide, did moxie on it. And if you look in there, that little thing called AU, that's the atomic symbol of gold. So these guys fuse tungsten oxide into gold. W is tungsten. And, uh, and the gold is, uh, the gold's AU. And they also, down here at the edge, you see, they also made beryllium. And that's a little bit different because what happens there is, uh, is uh, let's see, here we go. They also, on this one, they also, the tungsten, they produce gold, but they also produce this uh, TH, I think it's tellurium. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's a rare earth metal. The TM is there. And, and that's actually, they actually were breaking down the tungsten and producing this uh, TM, which is a uh, tamurium, I think. 
It's a rare earth metal, and it also breaks down into beryllium, beryllium nine. Makes some beryllium eight, but that turns into two alpha particles. Uh, but it makes beryllium nine, which is which shows that you actually have this fission fusion going on. And and we found later that you can take like the actinides, and that's like thorium, uranium, plutonium, neptunium, even cesium, you know. And you can actually do moxie on them. And what it does, the oxygen, it's, and every time you go down on the atomic chart, there's like seven layers, it, it becomes 10 times easier to do. So you can actually burn like the uh, uranium 238, 235, plutonium with the oxygen. And what they do is they break down into non-radioactive metals and a short-lived radioactive gas, which then decays very quickly, usually through alpha decay into something that's non-radioactive. So you can actually do these moxie fusion fission reactors and get like almost all the energy out of uranium thorium plutonium and and, and you have no leftover radioactive material now like what are some of the reactor does what are some of the yeah. practical applications of this or, or products that could be you mentioned you know it can make elements like gold and things of yeah. that nature what what else does this do well this produces gold at about 60 dollars an energy an ounce the machine costs a lot but the, the amount of energy it takes to do that, so someday probably most precious metals will be made by uh, moxie fusion because it's a lot cheaper to fuse them than it is to dig them up out of the ground. That's but it, it provides an energy source because what we did is we did the thorium with oxygen 16, and that releases a lot of energy, which you can use as heat. You can boil water and make electricity. So, and you know, they have this thing called ITER, International High Temperature Reactor. They're building it in France. It's going to cost about $25 billion. Won't be done until like maybe 2030. And because they have this thing, they want to burn tritium with deuterium. And then they would, uh, to make energy, but it produces a lot of neutrons, which makes radioactive substances. And then they have those neutrons have to go and, and combine with lithium-6 to make more tritium. You know, they're, they're all the fusion reactor, the fission reactors, like the power plants we use now, they only make like, you know, a few kilos of tritium a year. And then that has to be refined out. It's really expensive where you can just use heavy water. Heavy water is like one out of every 7,000 molecules of water in seawater is basically heavy water. So it's, it's about a dollar a gram. And uh, you can convert that into uh, electricity relatively easy. This, this will power the whole world, moxie fusion. And, you know, really Osawa and Kushi came up with it. We just took their work and uh, studied it. And, uh, and then, uh, and then uh, discovered it. Well, you know, the, obviously the U.S. government had a problem with us, U.S. Patent Office. <laughs> yeah, We've been fighting them. So obviously, but, you know, when you're fighting the U.S. Patent Office, it looks like your patent is abandoned. So let me uh, go to one other thing. So this is while, while we were fighting with the Patent Office, and we have our paper posted on ResearchGate, and these guys here, they read us on ResearchGate, right? So they actually did our same experiment. Because one of the things the patent office did, even we did third-party verification, right? Because we knew that third party, well, it can't be real, right? Whatever. We had plenty of third-party verification. So these guys actually did our experiment again. Uh, but they did it slightly different. Like we used a multi-band spectra analyzer so we could get like all the fusion. Because there wasn't just moxie fusion going on, metal with the, with the deuterium. Also, when the, when the electrode was being hit, it was oxygen was fusing with the iron in the electrode. So that produced another band of spectrum. So we actually could watch all the band, different bands of spectrum radiation coming out of our experiment. But what these guys did is they got a uh, they got a, a glass bead detector. That's this little HF detector 
So they had like pure deuterium water with a pressurized argon. So here's the air compressor. They're compressing argon into their chamber. And then they're basically doing electrical discharges like we do. But as some of that gas leaks out, it goes into this glass bead detector, which could detect fluoride, right? Which is what we were doing. So they were taking deuterium and oxygen, fusing it into fluoride. And then they were actually detecting the fluoride there, which is slightly different. It's the same basic experiment, but they were using a different detection method. And so this was actually showing that fluoride is being produced. So this is, you know, really solid third-party uh, uh, evidence that moxie fusion is real. Of course, they, they, put, they filed their patent if you go in here. They were thinking they were going to make uh, fluoride-18. And fluoride-18, normally, if you make it like in a nuclear reactor, a fission reactor, it's, it's radioactive and it produces, uh, it produces uh, high-energy gamma rays which then actually produces positrons, which then produce gamma rays, and they use it in positron imagery. Unfortunately, for well, Moxie process produces low energy uh, fluoride, which produces in the X-ray band. So it doesn't make positrons, it just electron capture and puts out an X-ray. So you can't really use it in imaging. Sorry, guys. And somehow they forgot to mention the fact that they read our paper, because we have, you know, everybody reads your paper on ResearchGate. There's a record of it. <laughs> guys, you know, we recorded you reading our paper. So you yeah. should put us at least in the references when you actually publish next. So well, just you know, to our, let you know. Our government corporations usually aren't, don't take too kindly to things like this coming out and, uh, you know, free th things that could point to free energy. Oh, yeah. uh, and so I did it. Yeah. They had no problem doing it and you could do it too in your basement and you can use the power. So if you want to like turn, uh, you know, make tungsten oxide into uh, gold, you know, you can basically use the power supply off. One. Remember those old street lights? Yeah. Yeah. They, now everybody's chasing with LED. They have whole warehouses of old uh, trans high voltage transformers. And basically all you do is you just create like a, you know, a chamber with a high pressure uh, argon, put a little tungsten oxide in there, heat it up till it becomes incandescent. And, you know, you start making gold. And, uh, and, and when you use the uh, high, when you use the argon, most of it's going to go to gold. You don't get that broke down in telling and barium, which you, barium can be toxic. So you have to be careful on that one. So, and there's other things, other precious metals you can make with other metal oxides. So there it is. That's incredible, man. It's, it's, and this is, and we didn't come up with it, by the way, we, though we did put, we first to patent it. And yeah. we were the first to actually explain what was going on, the method, metal oxygen fusion. So, uh, but this is in the bag. Well, and, like you uh, said, man, that could be a, a game changer. And it's, oh, it is a game changer. It's and especially, already, uh, go ahead. Yeah, we already have eight countries in Asia are doing research on this, by the way. So it's already out of the bag. The cat is out of the bag and left the country, folks. And uh, we still have a few of those giveaway fusion reactors left. Just But that's for basically industry and universities and governments if they want them. Well, that's what we need. Uh, we need more um, people coming up with these uh, sustainable systems because right now our our entire system that we've relied on for years seems to be crumbling right before our eyes. Uh, and it doesn't look good for our economy. It doesn't look good for uh, businesses, our monetary system. Um, how do you see things unfolding? I mean, we've seen major changes since the last time we spoke, which is not even a, a year year ago uh and oh, it just keeps getting worse uh we were talking before the show about you know many businesses are struggling extremely bad and might not even make it till next year oh yeah well it's that's inflation you know the uh and, and remember one thing you, if you really you know they, the inflation they said like last year was 8.3 percent actually was closer to like 13.8 percent 
And uh, there's a place you can go. It's called Shadow Stats. And because, you know, they went back, it's probably Reagan now, but Reagan years, but now it's everywhere. Whenever the government comes up with a statistic is being made that they don't like, they just change the parameters. So it comes out the way they like it. And so that's why, you you know, they're saying, oh, it's only 8% inflation. No, it's actually 13% inflation. And this year they're saying it's nine point something, when actuality it's 17 point something. So you just go to shadow stats on the internet and you can actually get the real economic data the way it used to be made. And so you get like the real unemployment numbers. You know, when people run out of their unemployment insurance, they're no longer unemployed. No, they still don't have a job, but they're not registered in like the government statistics anymore. But if you go to shadow stats, they actually register those things the way that used to be back in the days BPR came totally BS. So, I mean, inflation is pounding. I mean, people's, people's real incomes are dropping because inflation is basically what happens when the government prints lots and lots of money, prints more money than the economy expands. That causes inflation. So like if the economy expanded 3% and the government increased printing by 3%, then it would balance out. But the government creates piles and piles of money out of thin air. And, you know, the economy is actually shrinking. So you get inflation or in this case, Europe. Gerald Salente would call it dragflation because our economy is not booming. It's actually declining and with inflation. So that kind of goes together as drag inflation. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm surprised uh, we haven't had a, a, a huge, you know, just crash already uh, in the past couple of years. We, I mean, we've seen it slowly declining, but um, well, they, they just create a big one. Yeah, the Federal Reserve and other institutions like this European Central Bank just create money out of thin air and use it to pump up the stock market. But the downside of that is it creates inflation in like housing prices and then and lower other things. So you get this asset price inflation and now people have been suffering. That's why housing is so ridiculously expensive over, you know, most, you know, a person shouldn't buy a house that's more than two and a half times the salary. Well, that's just ridiculous these days, but that's because of hyperinflation caused by this massive money printing where they create money out of thin air to buy, to buy basically in the derivatives market or, and to, to pump up price, prices of stocks, but it's just like a balloon, you know, it's leaking pretty bad and they're just going to keep pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping. But, you know, at one day it's going to pop. I mean, we had the BRICS countries, right? They got together and they announced they're making a new world trading currency, China, Russia, Brazil, India, and uh, in South Africa and a whole bunch more, you know, I think, I think, you know, Kazakhstan, Iran, Argentina, you know, Pakistan, all these other countries are getting in, are becoming part of the BRICS too. I guess you have to make, make a bigger word. But uh, so, you know, you're going to have most of the population of the world is going to have a new trading currency. And when the U.S. dollar is no longer the world trading currency, then it's all over. Because, see, right now, you know, if let's say China wants to buy oil from Saudi Arabia, well, it used to be that way. I think it's changing. But uh, they'd have to get, they both have to get U.S. dollars. And the Saudi Arabians wanted to buy wheat from, let's say, Canada, right? They'd have to trade in dollars. And, uh, and so they had to actually give us oil, give the U.S. oil, or give or the Canadians would have to give us wheat so that they could get those dollars. So we were basically getting free stuff just by printing money. And it's what propped up the American empire. Well, and they, that's the same thing the British, when the British, British pound was the world trading currency, right? Britain ruled the world because it could create this money out of basically, it was creating money out of th free air, thin air and getting stuff for it. And that's how the British empire was able to rule the world. And, and, you know, I remember Saddam was saying he started trading in uh, euros with dollars, you know, six months later, he's hanging on the end of American news. Right. So, uh, yeah, and Colonel Gaddafi, he was going to make that uh, gold dinar for Africa, you know, because he got a bunch of what, 144 tons of gold. Well, you know, he didn't last long. They got rid of him. 
But, you know, but then Iran started doing it. They couldn't get rid of the Iranians. And now China and, you know, they, they sanction things. They use the U.S. dollar as a club to sanction the Russians or the Iranians or whoever it is where they want to threaten the Chinese. Well, you know, and then they're cut off from trade. Well, you know, they're not going to put up with that. So they've started creating their own trading systems that aren't based on the U.S. dollar. And look what happened. That doesn't work anymore. The Europeans uh, all sanctioned Russia because of the Ukraine police action. And, uh and uh, what's their economies are collapsing where the Russian economy is doing just fine. In fact, they're making more money than ever. You know, they're making more money in oil. They're making money in gold and grain and everything. Their, their economy is pretty, literally booming, you know, because they can trade directly with China. If, you know, if the Europeans don't want to buy their gas or the Chinese or the Indians or somebody would be happy to buy their gas, their grain, their metals. And those were key things needed to run the European economy. So, you know, now the European economy is collapsing. I mean, and they're doing this all for the, you know, the, the Anglo-American empire, right? Mm -hmm. They're committing economic suicide. Why should, why should France and Spain and Italy and Greece and all those other, and Germany and all those other countries commit economic suicide for, you know, the Anglo-American empire and destroy their own economies? You know, they're going to go cold this winter. You know, the Germans are going to freeze this winter. They don't have enough gas to heat their houses. It's just ridiculous. But, you know, and I think actually, you know, you, we see those those uh, those riots in Sri Lanka, right? But they've had those riots all over the place. They've had the, they've been having those riots in like Ghana and and in South America, all other countries in South America. They're having riots. They're having lots of riots in Africa, other countries in Asia, because prices have become so high that people can't live, and so you know they're taking out their governments. And just like four European governments just fell, and so uh, yeah, so yeah, I think you're going to see more of that. But you know. When the Germans are freezing this winter or the French are freezing this winter, uh, they maybe they will get off their asses and throw, overthrow their own government. So the whole Euro project can come apart because if people don't have heat and they don't have food, you know, they, they, they do something about it. Do you see them rolling out a centralized digital currency that is kind of like a, a you know, kind of like a global currency anytime soon? Well, they, they, there's already a, a Chinese yuan digital currency, and they're already doing international. They've done like $20 billion in international trade with it. But that's a Chinese yuan digital currency, right? That's a Chinese, yeah, the, the concept, they think that they're going to replace the U.S. dollar with some sort, of, some sort of digital currency. It'll be just as worthless as the U.S. dollar. Because it's garbage and garbage. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, they, who's going to use that? They won't, they, I'm sure they might want to use the digital yuan but nobody's going to want to use the digital dollar any more than they want to use, you know, or the Federal Reserve note. Let me say that correctly. Mm -hmm. There are no such thing as a U.S. dollar. There are Federal Reserve notes, which are actually debt instruments. They're based on debt created out of thin air. The Federal Reserve creates it out of thin air and loans it to the Treasury Department and to us. And still, so we got to pay interest on our own money to this Federal Reserve, which is actually a private corporation owned by the international banking mafia. Yes. So, you know, and, and that's the way it is in most countries in the world. But, you know, China and Russia and all these countries, they're trying to break free of that international banking mafia. And when that happens, it's going to change the world. Yeah, I mean, it is literally a banking mafia uh, and we're being screwed in every way. Now, another digital um, type of not currency, but what they want to do is they're already rolling it out, I think, in Canada, the digital ID to where you won't be able to do certain things, travel, buy, sell, trade without this type of, um, you know, implanted ID thing. And I think they're already starting to roll that out in places. Um, well, I don't you know, know if they're ever going to get to that here. I, you know, there's so many things that we get to see as Americans roll out in other countries that we're like, no, I don't want that here. So that's an advantage, I think. 
Yeah, and, and, and they're also incompetent. That's another thing. I'd like to see these. These people are so incompetent. The Anglo-American empire, I can't, they, they can't, I don't even think they can roll out a digital currency and make it work. <laughs> it won't work, you know, they'll just, they'll just create this digital currency, which is, you know, goes down all the time, has all kinds of problems, jacks up the financial system. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, yeah, I just don't think they have the skill to actually do it. They're just too incompetent. They, I mean, they've degenerated. Sure, they're thugs with guns and, and, you know, they'll send people out to get you, but no, they, they're, that's all they are. You know, they really aren't the skilled, intelligent people. They're the people with the, whose boots on their neck, you know, and sure, we'll pay you a lot of money to do this, but, you know, at some point, uh, you know, people just won't do it no matter what the cost. Because, you know, will the military go out there and enforce, uh, you know, the, the draconian laws on the population when their own families back home are starving? You know, they get a call from mom, mom, we don't have any food, you know, aren't you, you know, your nephews and nieces or your sisters and brothers are hungry, you know, because we don't have enough money. We don't have money, you know, because of inflation and we don't have enough food to eat, you know, are they really going to, are our troops really going to do that? And, well, and by the way, if they don't pay the troops, it happened back in the 80s. Remember Newt Gingrich? Yeah. <laughs> Some of you may remember Newt Gingrich. For those of you that are younger, he, he, during the 1980s, we had this guy named Newt Gingrich. He was leader of the Republican Party. And they had a thing with uh, the Democrats over the budget. So they literally shut down the government. It was like a, they didn't pass the budget, so they couldn't pay. And only like critical things could run. And one of those things, they didn't pay the U.S. troops overseas. Probably didn't pay the U.S. troops here. And like in Turkey and other bases, for the first week, without a paycheck, the U.S. troops kept working. But the second week, they went without a paycheck. They stopped working. They just hung out in the barracks or, or you know, went into town or did whatever. They basically just stopped working so you know yeah so remember uh imperialist uh wannabe world economic forum members you know you don't pay your troops for or police for two weeks they aren't your troops or police anymore yeah it's true and they're getting us at all angles along with the inflation we have this illusion of scarcity that's being forced upon us with the the supply chain uh and all the things going along with this and on top of that we have the fertilizer shortage so which it's like a war on farmers so farmers can't produce so they're creating this scarcity on along with this inflation to kind of drive us into what mad max land well they want to break the people you know they won't have jobs. They won't have things. And the only way they're going to survive is to get that little, little digital card, right? That'll give them a little bit of food. Oh, you have this card. Now you can get food. If you don't have this card, you can't buy a grocery store. And they're just going to use like intimidation practice. You, and, but of course, if you don't get your, they'll cancel your card. If you don't do everything they tell you, they'll cancel your card. And so they just want to make people totally dependent on the government to do all these things. But they, they, they seem to forget something. The government doesn't produce anything. Farmers produce food. Truckers deliver that food, you know, retail guys put the food on the shelves and manufacture that food into products, right? From the, from the farmers, right? Those are the guys that do that. And they aren't government. It's the people, we, the people, we produce the food, we make the energy, we build the houses, we drive the trucks, we do everything. The government parasites just order people around. They don't do anything. And they seem to have forgotten that fact. You know, they think that they could just you know, oh, we'll give this card and people will do what I tell them. <laughs> no, you don't do anything, government. You're just a parasite pretty much, especially the military industrial complex. They're a parasite. We don't get anything back. You know, at least in some European countries, they got universal health care. If you pass a test, you can go to college without, you know, becoming super in debt. But, but that's because they don't have this giant military sucking our blood. You know, and every dollar goes into the military, 
or into that, you know, like Kaffin Austin Fitz talks about trillions of dollars which go out the back door and nobody knows where, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's not for, you know, it's just taken out. So they just, they're just taking and they give us nothing back. We really don't need them. They need us. We don't need them. So we could get rid of the government tomorrow and we'd still function. We could recreate our own governments. You know, what do you think about your life? What does the federal government really do for you? Unless you're on Social Security, which you paid into and should be getting anyway, and it's, not, it's actually a trust fund. Yeah. You know, what does, what does the federal government really do for you if you're not a federal employee? Nothing. It just yeah. takes money out of your paycheck every week and gives you really nothing back. So, you know... And, and, you know, people say Social Security, but, you know, people, you've been paying into Social Security for years and Medicaid or Medicare. Those, those aren't entitlements. Those are, those are what you put in and, and, and you deserve it back. So, yeah. yeah, the government really doesn't do anything for us. Just a parasite on our back. Well, one of the agendas that they've been trying to achieve, and thankfully they haven't, and I don't see them being able to at all, is trying to disarm Americans through a series of uh, staged events and, and you know, um, oh, oh, yeah. government-sponsored shootings and things like that. Oh, yeah, like, you know, when the cops sit around for 77 minutes while the guy's in the classroom, there's yes. like 375 cops outside, and they couldn't do anything for 77 minutes till some Border Patrol guys whose kid was in the uh, – school not in that classroom he said f this and he went in with a couple other guys and just took care of business mm. right on their own they didn't get orders from any they said this is bs and they just went and did it themselves they didn't take or they didn't take orders from anybody that's you know when they finally acted but the local cops they're a bunch of cowards you know a couple bullets and they go running like little little girl pansy when pansy when they, they had kids in there you know most of those kids would have survived if those cops had gone in immediately but they were too cowardly. So, you know, yeah. And actually cops don't have any legal responsibility to protect you. The sheriffs do and sheriff's deputies do because they come from an elected official, but cops really in legal terms are nothing more than glorified security guards and have no legal no legal duty to protect us. So when you see a policeman, the sheriff's different. They're a legal law enforcement officer. In fact, the sheriff is actually the, uh, the most important po politician in the county. So if you wanna get a future, Get involved in your election of your sheriff in the county, because if the sheriff's on your side, on the side of the people, then your county can be free. So help support a sheriff, help support elect a sheriff that is on your side and you can win your county back. And if every county did that in America, then America could win back by just by doing it at the sheriff level. Right. Well, we're seeing uh, it's probably already starting to swing um back to the right, this pendulum swing that occurs every once in a while, you know, it's, it's swung so far left to where we're in mental illness, weird cuckoo land now, but now it seems like it's about to swing super far right. Uh, we've even got whispers of QAnon coming back and of course the old Trumpster. Yeah. So, I mean, either way it's, it's extremes on either side and, and they're well, both, see, it's, it's all part of the same bird. Well, you know, it's it. just, yeah. It's all it's div divisive tactics. So, but yeah. we do see. Uh, I, I think we're we're seeing a, a big swing to the right that we're gonna uh, actually um, might see a, uh, a Republican back in office. I don't know. I don't care either way because, like I said, they're both puppets. But what I do see is 
I think that the majority of people are in free-thinking territory and not going to be on the wrong side of history anymore. I don't think that there's many people going run to get their experimental little jabby jabs that we're talking about anymore. And I think that more people every day are just becoming um, aware of the corruption and they're on the right side of it. Do you think that most people are? Yeah, well, I think we need to get rid of these left-right terms. Because that's bogus. What it is, there's freedom and independence, or there's servitude and slavery. Yeah. And that's really it is. Either for freedom and independence, and you know, and and servitude and slavery. And uh, and you know, and the left, or even, you know, even like you know, Mitch McConnell Republicans that support, you know, giant military going attacking countries have done nothing to us. That's kind of the servitude slavery system, Republican and Democrat, which you could say it was left and right, or you have freedom and independence. And I think we need to like redefine and let stop letting people redefine terms on our own. It's the same with people like white or black. No, you know, you're not white. You're you're you could be a European, you could be German, you could be French, you could be Scottish, or you could be a mix of something. That's what you are. You have a history. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with not black. You're not black. You could be, you know, Nigerian, you could be Congolese or Ashante or you know, Aruba or whatever, all of those different tribes in there. You could be one of that, but you're not black, you're not a color. You're, you have a history. You have, you're not like an Asian. You know, you could be a Japanese. You could be Chinese, right? You could be Indonesian. You could be a mix of something. You have a history. There's a thousands of years history there. Yeah. You are something. You're not a color. And they like to put us in boxes like left, right, or black, white, brown, yellow. You're none of those things. You, you, are, you have a history. You have a thing. And, and it's time we started defining ourselves as who we are, not put ourselves in their boxes because we put our put ourselves in the left-right paradigm or the black-white-brown paradigm, then we're in their boxes. We've put ourselves in their boxes, and now we're running off their, their logic and reason. We need to put ourselves freedom and independence, right, instead of servitude and slavery, and just see it what it is instead of, uh, instead of trying to play, you know, because you can't, you can't use their terms and expect to win. Yeah. So you need to, like, you need to make, make your own, you know, freedom and independence, your own, whatever it is, you make, you define yourself. You don't let some, some other authority figure define who you are. And then you have to obey under their rules. Right. Well, we have a couple of choices here. We can either go into um, Mad Max world where we're eating bugs, we're plugged into the metaverse, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're good little slaves. Or we could have this old system crumble and this new kind of transhuman future that they want us to go into also disappear and we could start our own sustainable communities, our own systems. And I think that people are already starting to do that. Uh, do you have hope for the future? Because this old system that we're in, uh, it's not working and we have to do something new. And I think that's the only way we're going to, to get past because we're not going back to the, the, the same old ways anymore. That's for sure. Oh no. And it's like, you know, you've got Moxie fusion that can power, you know, the power plants, the future and it's scalable, right? You can make it just run for a community. That's not, I, I was like the new energy, uh, the new energy conference that's in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And I actually saw some of those over unity devices where, you know, the batteries were uncharged. They started, and they produce, you know, energy, they're lighting lights and doing stuff. And while the batteries are charging, so they were pulling energy out of the environment. And, uh, and so, you know, there's all these, these different, you know, Moxie's just one of a bunch of new energy technologies, you know, just besides solar panels that can, you know, cause Moxie runs at night. And so do these other new energy stuff. And, uh, and so that, that's all there. And then there's all kinds of new health 
things that people are doing. You know, we're not buying into the pharmaceutical thing. There's like, there's, you know, the, some of the pulse technologies and uh, a lot of the nutrition, te- you know, nutrition understandings and, you know, the Hoff, the Hoff method, even though it's kind of cool, yeah. you know, all these things that bring back, uh, you know, so people can, you can take control of your health. You can take control of your energy and you've got cryptocurrencies, right? So you can take, you know, they, they've, you know, they commoditize bit, because then they can control it. They could just like silver and gold, right? We have inflation at eight or nine percent, right? Or well, actually, it's seventeen percent, and yet gold and silver are going down. Okay, how's that possible? Well, obviously, they create money out of thin air and then naked short the market, and you know, with infinite amounts of money created out of thin air, there's no way you're going to beat that. So they're, you know, they're manipulating the comics. They're manipulating, you know, the London gold market. They're manipulating everything. So, but it's their currency. If we have our own currencies, you can make local currencies. You got your own cryptocurrencies. I don't think the cryptocurrency that's really going to be the game changer has even been made yet. And there's other reasons like that'd be a whole show that I could talk about, but it will be. And whereas you can, you know, you can on this sucker, you can with the community that you're part of, you can make local communities with these phones and do your own blockchains. Problem with a lot of blockchains is they go infinite, right? You need to cut off the end of the blockchain so they don't end up needing giant computers to process it. You can do that with a local currency on your phone. There's enough, there's more computing power in this than, you know, the spacecraft that went to the moon by a thousand <laughs> times, right? Yeah. So and with all these put together, like Maccabee was actually setting something like that up before they killed him. Oh, uh, so yeah, you can make your own and you don't, you know, they had like phone can call to another phone and you don't even need the phone towers if you have enough density of phones. So you could have like a totally independent, you just put a little connector on the bottom of it and it all links together. So we have all the possibilities of, uh, you know, we can make our own energy, our own food, our own currencies. And, and that's what people need to know. We're going to have some economic difficulties coming up here, especially in two. It's probably going to start this fall, like Uncle Cliff says, and uh, probably be pretty rough in 2023. So having, you know, several months of food on hand and uh, other things that you need would be a really good idea. And possibly even other energy source, like a generator and maybe some stored uh you know, fuel, just be careful about storing fuel because it can be hazardous. And, um, and so you need to, you need to like it gets independent for food. And uh, to, so you can, if things go bad, you know, if the banking system does have a crash, this thing could blow out any moment, some black swan event, it could do all, all go south because it's so leveraged. It's a giant balloon. It's going to pop someday. Mm. We don't know when that day is, but it will pop. If you keep p- pumping up a balloon, it will pop someday. And they're pumping it like never before. I mean, they're buying debt. There's like, you know, that's why the, the one of the things you want to look for is the 10 year yield, right? On the 10 year yield on bonds and stuff. And like now it's inverted. So it's, it's cost me, you know, you get a lower yield on a 10 year bond than you do on like a one year bond. And that's usually a sign of it, but that's, but that's because they're buying the debt. They don't want to do that because if the debt blows up, it goes, if the 10 year yield goes about three and a half percent or 4%, the stock market will implode. So they have to, so they're buying the bonds, they're pumping the stock market, they're buying the bonds, they're creating billions, trillions of dollars out of thin air every week. And just, they're creating this, just the bubble is exponentially expanding. And it will go on, I, I can't tell you when, but I know it's it will pop and probably soon. It's just, yeah, we, you've seen it, every, you know, markets going like this, you know, and, and just one day it's something's gonna happen and that'll be it. 
Yeah, I, I agree 100%. We're at very critical times. Uh, we're at kind of like a crossroads, and each and every one of our individual decisions and actions right now is going to dictate where we're going to go. So very important times. Ken, thank you so much for coming on. This was fantastic. Everybody, go click that link in the description. Visit c60purplepower.com and start your journey to getting healthy. And Ken, we'll definitely have to do this again soon. Oh, let's do that. Looking forward to it. Until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. See y'all then.